Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. Just be yourself. Like the day I became, I started to appreciate and admire what I bring and what I don't bring to the table. That's the day I started growing in business and on my personal development. So I admire people who are honest about how who they are and they know their challenges and their opportunities. And what we do simply is to bring in people to compliment you. Where you have a, a weakness, you bring people in who can can you can fill that role for you and you shine where you believe is your your spot your gold mine what you bring to the table welcome back i hope your week's been fantastic so far if you haven't listened yet to my recent conversations with pinterest powerhouse laura reich and with personal branding coach Marina Gurugis, then do go check them out, but only after you've listened to today's conversation, of course. I'm really excited today to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest, Raj Goodman-Anand. He's the founder of Goodman Lantern, a team of native English content writing services that help businesses sell better and grow faster. Raj is an engineer by profession and has founded three startups, raised capital and taken one venture from zero to acquisition. He's not only had a flourishing career within startups, but also with large and mid-sized organizations, working on launching startups or new products within them. Products he has built have made companies an income in excess of £45 million. Raj has won Business Week Europe's Young Entrepreneur Award and has been named one of Revolution Magazine's 50 Most Influential People in Digital. He has spoken at various venues including the Foreign and Commonwealth Office, British Library and several universities. Raj and his entrepreneurial ventures have had coverage in The Telegraph, Guardian, Business Week and Observer. In our conversation today, Raj talked to me about the keys to building a strong culture in teams. Basically, care about the people. We talked about the importance of systems and processes and about the core role and expertise of the business owner, which is to train the team in culture. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Raj Goodman-Anand. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today, Raj Goodman-Anand, the founder of Goodman Lantern. Now, he's normally based in the UK, in London, but currently he's visiting Kathmandu, which is a first for me because I've never spoken to anyone on the podcast in Kathmandu. So welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Raj. It's a real privilege to have you as my guest. Jürgen, thanks, thanks for having me and thanks for all the warm welcome so far and the lovely introduction. Thank you. Now, Goodman Lantern is a team of native English content writing services that helps businesses sell better, grow faster. And, um, you know, I'm really keen to explore that some more, particularly your whole business model of how you built the team and uh, why content and so on. But before we get on to all those things, what is it that drives you and how does that shape what you do today? Well, at the moment, I'm on a single mission to make Goodman Lantern the best remote working company in the world. That's my single focus. Mm. I, I I think about this when I when I'm 
awake, working, sleeping, drinking, eating. This is my my passion, and also to empower my team. Like that's the the fundamental focus to have at the moment as as a company owner. Uh, apart from that, obviously everything else you, you know you would have as a company owner make make the client successful and make them grow. But I believe if your team is happy, the service the the, the customer in the best possible way, and then every client who comes to us wins every time, every hour, every minute. Mm, yeah, I, I can't remember who said this, but the quote was, um, if you take care of your, your people, they'll take care of your customers. Absolutely, Jurgen. absolutely. So I'm, I'm passionate about that. I'm, I'm actually doing a lot of different things at the moment to improve their way of, you know, way of being, their knowledge, their progress, their growth. It, it just makes me feel like that is my, that might be my legacy and also my 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 aim at the moment for, for me as a person, business person, or just a normal person, really. Hmm. So when when did you start uh, Goodman Lantern? Well, uh, seven years back, July two thousand fourteen. Uh, I mm-hmm. just finished uh, working with a, a company in Europe, which I which I helped grow from seven and a half million to forty five million in revenue on the back of storytelling, SEO, content writing. And I thought to myself, hang on, this you know, this can be done at scale for any company. And we need to bring in more people, we need to bring in like this kind of opportunity within the company. And so I thought, okay, I'm not a writer myself. I know how to hire writers and how to, how to hire marketing specialists. Let's kind of build this as a, a unit for other companies to hire and to bring in to scale up their marketing and content activities. Mm, fascinating. So seven years ago, and did and you did start with a remote team right from the get go. Yes, this is my third third business in remote. Uh, two businesses which are on my own, one for some somebody else. But in the past, I've sold a company doing remote events, uh, and I know remote working is probably one of the most the most Profitable, but more than anything else, the, the most convenient way to build and scale and hire people across the globe who are really passionate about what you believe in and what you do. Mm, yeah, I love it. And and of course, with the um, COVID pandemic um, beginning in March of last year, then um, you know a lot of people have been forced basically to work online and and ended up working remotely, even though their business model isn't that. So. I'm sure there's a lot that we can learn from your experience there. I am um, I'm kind of curious, you know, you talked about empowering the team and building a really strong culture. So what are some of the keys to doing that in an environment where people are remote and possibly every single team member is is probably has limited ability to physically get together with with other team members? Well, I, I think the the biggest challenge when it comes to remote working is that we don't have that face-to-face interaction uh, which you would in a, in a company in a local setting, for example. You can't have water cooler chats, for example. Mm. You, you you can't like empathize about their lives because it's all about, okay, a Zoom call, you know, it's timed. It's like half an hour to one hour sort of meeting either with, either with teammates or customers. But I believe that a, a team member or any individual can't function unless you you care about them as a person first. So our culture dictates to us that first thing we do is to check in with them. Like, how are you doing, Jurgen? How 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 is life? How's the family? How is your you know your your pet, for example? Just to check in with them. You know, especially in these times when things are scary with all the the virus you know across the world and you know we we know where we are with the pandemic at the moment so that's the first thing we do number two is to be open as a manager to be conducted by your teammates to talk about anything which is not work related so i encourage my team members to talk to me about you know their life currently how they're feeling um it encourages more interaction we do it even more than what you would do in a face-to-face environment that People feel comfortable. Remote working is a very lonely 
job because you're on your own most likely, maybe with a partner, maybe with a family, maybe with nobody. So you need somebody to talk to and we allow and encourage that. Um, number three is is to help our teams improve. So it's it's our job to help our teams to be the best version of themselves. So we will we'll try really hard to you know have a program for them. We're launching these forums internally where it'll be paid you know, with other people and have a forum of four or five people where they can talk about their personal life and challenges with their with their work, for instance. Um, also having a mentor, for example, to help them with their careers. Um, having you know meetups once a month about you know which call them quarantinis where you have a martini and you're obviously in quarantine, so quarantinis. That that was kind of something which worked for a little bit and now. It's old-fashioned, so we're th thinking about some other terminologies to use to describe it. But the idea really is to kind of come up with these kind of you know check-ins and you know um, and, and and just see how people are doing and just be able to release the steam uh, from work. Um, these are some of the things we, we currently do, but I think most importantly, we care about the people as much as we care about the work. And I think if we care about the people and the work together, and first prioritize people that really helps that in itself is a the, the most basic step we can take as business owners to take care of our remote teams mm, yeah that i love it that's uh it's very much relationship first and you know consistent with our marketing philosophy of making marketing human again so i i you know it's always always amazes me that we have to talk about this and say, well, that's the magic formula and uh, explain it to other people that, um, you know, a lot of people, it differentiates a good team from not so good teams that most most of the not so, well, pretty well, all the not so good ones forget about the relationship part. Completely agree with you. I, I think it's the most, I, I think it's because we are in these some of the companies are not ready for remote working and they, they had to jump into it and others who have been doing it perhaps haven't thought about this 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 carefully enough, but caring about people should be our first individual ambition and goal and then comes business. Hmm. Yeah. Um, now, how do, when, you, when you hire people, how do you ensure that there's a cultural fit for the business values and... and you know, that they'll come in and they'll respond to all those things that you described here as opposed to perhaps throwing a spanner in the works and, and being a black sheep for want of uh, using another term. Of course, of course. I, I think I think first step for us really is to, you know, have these core values as part of our, 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 our business. So we have described core values in our company, which is what we use to kind of, um, judge if the person is correct for our business, but also if if he currently what we're doing as a company is in line with our ethics and our and our values. So you know things like improvement, things like encouragement, integrity is all part of our core values. And so we want to make sure that our team members have them as well. So as part of our assessment centers, for example, when we hire people, we have a personality test which we 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 run them through. And we ask them questions which are formed as if they are business questions to talk about what would they do if this scenario happens. But actually, they're questions to ask them about their values. Because the values you have at home and with family, you also bring them to your work as well. So hmm. it's a, a good way to figure it out, actually, is to you know, ask them about scenarios at, at, at home where they've helped their family members or their friends to make their lives better improve their careers, for example. And most more than likely they will they'll implement those same behaviors at work as well. So these are the kind of things we kind of do. And also when we hire people, uh, we make it very clear before we hire them that this is what we, we stand for. If you, if you don't have these 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 qualities in you, you might as well be honest about it because you're gonna have a tough time at Good Melanton. Uh, so we are very upfront about it. I think there's actually a very interesting uh, hiring guide by in Netflix about their mm, system, yes, for example. Yeah. So we haven't, yeah. we haven't built it, built it to that extent yet, but we are in sort of building something similar where we are clarifying who we are and who we're not. Mm. Yes, Netflix has done an amazing job with that. I, I sort of refer to that 
quite often myself. And I like the idea, I mean, what, what you touched on there of um, exploring past behaviours and getting people to talk about what drove that and exploring, you know, how that might play out in the family is an interesting way to to look at it because people are probably a lot more relaxed in their family than perhaps they might be in past corporate jobs, for example, where um, most of us, I'd have to say, I put my hand up and say I fit into that category. Most of us are usually a bit guarded in that environment. Um, so, yeah, that's a, a good way to really understand what drives people. Of course, yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, let's let's switch a little bit to the um, to the work you actually do, and it's focused on content writing native English content writing. So why why did you get into content content writing as a as a service? Well, I, I think I mean I base my business and life on my experiences. That's what I, I like to do. And previously to running Goodman Lantern, I was working with a company where I helped them grow from seven up into 45 million, as, as I just mentioned before. And that was in the back of good content, storytelling, and SEO. And actually, um, I was like, this could be done at scale. I mean, we can actually offer this to other customers because to hire good content writers is painful. It's really, really mm. painful to get them to understand the company's mission, vision, voice, values it's really really hard and where do you start and when you start with them what they leave halfway through what they don't understand what you do so we guarantee that by learning what the company you work with on our dime we focus a lot of time and attention on their voice their their values their mission their vision and instead of having just one person to write that content we actually bring in a team of people the price you would pay for one person we bring in a team of people of marketing experts editors writers and project managers so we give them an all-round experience around content writing and for me that's really important because in my previous company i had to build this team and it was time consuming and i got it wrong a few times and it was just like very painful and it was costly as well so how do we remove those pain points for, for customers is by focusing on only one niche, one niche, as I as say, and just kind of focus on writing good content. And as an engineer, uh, and I'm not a content writer myself, I can appreciate, you know, a process. I can re I really, I'm driven by processes around everything from onboarding to delivery uh, to satisfaction, uh, scoring, for example, ranking. So it's really important for me that everything is done in a, in a process where we can replicate and grow that further, to scale it up as clients need to do that, for instance. So um, I bring a different perspective to content writing from, from, from that angle, but also, you know, the team is what makes it, makes it good in London. It's our team who are passionate about writing, passionate about making it, it as close as possible the company's mission, vision, and to make them resonate with their customers. Mm, yeah, you touched on a lot of things there that uh, I really like. I mean, one of the questions I had for you was how do you um, write content that comes across as the voice of, of your customer and is also then consistent with the other messages that are coming from that particular organization. So I think you've answered that there in terms of a lot of the research in that. The other thing you touched on there is is systems and processes. And, and you know, I, it didn't occur to me when I was doing my research into you, but of course, you know, as an engineer, you're a process person. And I guess that that's where my process bent comes from as a scientist. You know, you were always writing recipes and writing things that for other people to follow. Um, so. I, I'm guessing you have all of your processes really well documented. How do you go about documenting them? How do you go about writing them? How do you go about keeping them 
up to date and and then you know bringing new ones in when you decide okay we want to do this a little bit different we want to innovate on this one so so first thing we have is we have uh we have like two different documentation forms one is a knowledge base around the customer's uh, content production so you know their their voice their tone their mission their vision uh their style their requirements uh on a particular project for example and we don't do one-off projects we like to do long-term projects that's the way we mm. operate so you know that's that's the mindset we have so uh, in the first couple of months, there's a lot of learning which we have to go through. And as I mentioned before, that's, that's on our time. We make sure that we, we do that as part of our uh, investment relationship, which we have with the customer. So that information which we collect and we constantly keep adding to is what we call a knowledge base, which we keep for every client we work with. And we keep that documentation going in the form of um, text, and videos. So we actually write, we actually do videos as well of editors describing to writers the the the, the tone, the style, uh, and the kind of content we require. Then we also have procedures for the overall overarching way of working. So you know we work in agile methodology. We have those kind of trailer boards internally for every every customer we work with. Uh, how do we communicate with the clients? Who who communicates with them first? What happens when this, you know, scenario A happens, B happens, C happens? What happens when we are, you know, we deliver before time? Then we have, for example, procedures for time spent per task we do. So we've got a very detailed documentation. Also, we like to keep track of our progress on, on, on an hourly basis as well. So we keep track of our time spent so that we can audit, audit our work and see how we're we improving ourselves on a particular project. So. Uh, you know, say for example, it took you know, uh, say three hours in a particular content piece. Have we shaved time off by the end of say six months with the client, for instance? Have we bettered the output by having less rewrites or less edits, for instance? So we are constantly looking at KPIs we collect for our clients, but also for our entire sort of ecosystem of customers as well. And that's what we kind of use to improve ourselves constantly. Apart from that, we also have scores we get from our customers, um, net promoter scores, for example, so we can can see you know, how our clients rate us and we have a lot of testimonials online as well, which we get through the party review sites as well. So we're looking to kind of improve our process, our, our, you know, how close we are with the customer. I mean, we have a very casual approach to our tone of speaking, but we are very professional about how we deliver stuff because we like to have that kind of, uh, you know, a closeness with our customers so we can really understand them and they can talk to us openly as well. That's, that really helps. So all these things put together is what builds the internal procedures of Goodman Lansing. Mm, yeah, very comprehensive. Now, who writes the procedures? So uh, the procedures written for knowledge base uh, is written by editors for the customer. So the editors are the senior most people who have spent a lot of years writing, on average about 10 years to 15 years of writing. And the procedures for the the guidelines uh, for the company are written by project managers, senior project managers in the company. Um, and we all can contribute to it. So if we feel that something is not working or we have a better idea, yeah, we're not within our weekly rocks, which is basically when we have a one-to-one. -one. So the the team member has a one-to-one -one chat with the, with the manager. They can talk about procedures and ideas to improve it. So all of our team members have a check-in with their managers uh, on a weekly basis to improve uh, their efficiency and to talk openly about ideas to better the company and their life at Goodman Lantern as well. Mm. I love it. And and what sort of um so what what's the structure or the framework that that conversation might uh, follow? Yeah, so uh what happens is we have a a an Excel sheet, uh, a Google spreadsheet basically, which has a few columns. It has for example, you know, so these are all smart goals, the goals which are, which we can measure and and actually, you know, make sure that we can actually uh, describe properly uh, timely in fashion, we can actually, you know, so we have a smart, we have smart goals in the company. So what we have in Excel sheet is we have the task, 
we have a delivery date, we have the manager for this particular task, why is it important, and which department sits in. So everything we discuss as a as a uh, manager with a team member, we pre-describe them in these in this Excel sheet. When you come to the meeting, we describe how much is already finished in that particular task, in the task sheet. So if the tasks are already finished, we close them and then they, and they disappear. Once which are currently open, we try to work together through this task and see how can we fix that task? How can we get the task finished, for example? How can the manager help the team member to make a better, do a better job at the particular task, for instance? So the important thing here is transparency and clarity. So instead of spending two hours in a meeting to describe about pain points and opportunities, we, we describe everything in the Excel sheet. We come together for half an hour. We go through all the tasks. We have a delivery date for them, and we have a manager assigned for them, and we just go and do it. This way, we are very productive, and we have a very stringent procedure to get things done. It's part of a thing called EOS, uh, Entrepreneurs mm -hmm. operating, operating System, which we haven't fully trained yet on. We're still working on, through it, but that's what we kind of follow, as, as it were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole EOS concept is a fascinating one, and people might like to listen to some of my previous interviews where we had Gina Wickman, who was the is the kind of one of the founders, and we've also had a couple of um, his co-workers and partners on the show as well, um, authorized EOS implementers. Yes. Okay, so it, it, yeah, yeah. It is, and and if you document it, document everything really well, as you say, there's a lot of time to be saved, and meetings become very productive because you can focus on um, the actions, removing barriers, and speeding things up where there's opportunities to do that. Completely agree. Yeah, great. Okay, um, I want to change tack a little bit and um, talk in a more general sense about some of the business trends and marketing trends that you see going forward you know we've we've seen a huge disruption over the last year and i think you know people are talking about normal and then or the new normal i don't think there's going to be a normal really it's it's like we're we're in a um it's almost like being in quicksand where things are shifting underneath us quite rapidly and we've got to figure out how we how we uh, get to the other side. So what are some of the trends you see and some of the opportunities in, in this changing landscape? Well, I mean, obviously I'm bullish about this whole remote working. Uh, I mm. mean, there's no secret about it. I mean, we are a remote team and we encourage remote teams. In fact, some of our customers are remote as well. And it's probably the only way for some companies at the moment. Um, there's some clients who are still going into their workshops or their uh, manufacturing units, for example, but I mean, that's, that's, that's a given. And some of them who are in sort of uh, in the, in actually in the front line, so they have to kind of attend. But for most majority of our customers, they are working remotely. Um, I, I believe that this will bring a lot of changes to our industry, especially in marketing. In, in, this, in, this, in, in the way that there used to be a time when people would say, you know, we will, we will do a lot of these kind of, um, you know, uh, we'll go to conferences, we'll go to, uh, you know, massive shows and, 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 and industry, industry trade shows, for example, and advertise there. Now, potentially, that opportunity might reduce, reduce going forward. There might be a different... Mm -hmm. Um, way to attend them. I mean, I'm, I've been attending a lot of e-conferences by Hopin or Hopin, which is like this this platform. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is like platform. I'm doing another one next week as well. And I mean, those are very different. I mean, from personal ones, which are face to face, and you, you know, it's not as easy to meet meet people and really relate to them when you meet them over your webcam. But equally, there is a the importance of online marketing has now become even even clearer if it wasn't already that this is the potentially the the ultimate way to get noticed you know today googling 
is it always was the the primary way to kind of find suppliers but today this is the only real way to kind of start the journey and i think that's really interesting i think also it was interesting is the actual website you know from being an optional thing uh, you know 20 years back 10 years back today it is the holy grail of marketing it is the point that starts the journey for your, your customers and i think that's really interesting because that will lead to a different mindset uh, for for a lot of for a lot of companies, they want to wait traditional in the way they approach. And looking, and I was watching this this very interesting uh, Berkshire Hathaway uh, annual conference by Warren Buffett, and he was talking about you know uh, companies 30 years back don't exist anymore, and you know he's talking about you look at these, these these 30 companies or these 10 companies, none of these are currently in business. They're all gone out of business. And the reality is, I think if we don't adapt to this this quick Quickly changing ecosystem of marketing, the company will become absolute very quickly. We have to constantly keep learning. And I think that's the fundamental difference which which will make a company grow uh, or fail is that how do they learn and, and adopt new items in the menu of marketing and selling. And we have to let go of those 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 opportunities to meet people face to face and shake hands with them especially in the uk it's a you know you like to meet people face to face and then you know then decide if you're going to work with them you know in the us maybe it was less so today the uk as well yes you can go meet people now but still i think we should get ready to move in this e-economy even more so and adapt it and believe in it Hmm. yeah lots of lots of good points there the um, one of the things I think is a great opportunity with this shift to much more online and, and particularly, you know, people are starting to see this now that haven't been working online as much and that have been kind of forced to adapt is that all of a sudden there's opportunities that are no longer geographically limited. So whereas they've, you know, been working with people in a certain geographic location because they've um, relied on that in-person interaction now all of a sudden there's there's no geographic bounds they can be anywhere and um, the other thing i i either read or somebody told me recently these virtual conferences like the ones you mentioned that that run through hopin or hopin not sure how to pronounce it um some of them the um they have they have the ability to have kind of you visit a virtual booth and you can have a conversation with with the people that are manning that booth and a lot of the um feedback now has been that the engagement and the number of conversations um that the booth holders are having with potential clients are much greater than they were in the times of of the um, physical live events because people often just kind of browsed and looked from the outside in the physical um, the physical exhibitions, whereas in in these virtual ones, people feel a lot more comfortable just going in there and having a casual conversation. Yeah, uh, I think also like like for example, hoping or hopping, whatever you call it now, uh, has this like chat roulette style. Uh, you know, casual conversations, networking opportunities with one to mm. one to one bases, which I believe is also really interesting. I mean, it, it is in the in the mindset of or the, in the similar lines to Clubhouse. We can go and log in and you know hear speakers, but also network with those people who attend those 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 conversations, for example. So I think people are now accepting that this is not just a dating situation. This is actually the reality. <laughs> The life we live in, and we have to accept it. Otherwise, we are going to be obsolete very soon. Hmm. Yeah, love it. All right. Well, um, uh, I could go on talking remote working and remote um, conferences and those kind of things a lot longer, but I'm aware of the time and want to be respectful of your time. So I think it's a good point to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round, and it's designed to help our audience who are primarily innovators and leaders in their field with some tips from your experience. So. I've got five questions. Hopefully, you'll give us some really insightful answers and inspire our listener to go and do something awesome as a result today. I'll try. 
What's the number one thing you think anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Constantly keep learning. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Constantly keep learning, reading books, audiobooks. That's the number one way to keep growing. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. And and I think you know, you've know you demonstrated throughout the conversation today that that's definitely part of your core values and core philosophy right through the organization. All right, what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? To bring in smart, innovative people. I believe the single, the single, I mean, if I am the cleverest person in the company, I've got this completely wrong. I want to be the dumbest person in the, in the, in the team meeting because that's the only way we will actually grow. So outsource the innovation process to the, the team members. And, uh, you know, that, that's the, that's the, the ultimate job of, of a founder of a company, in my opinion. Hmm. And it's interesting. It's a different mindset for most people, isn't it? Because um, I think the ego gets in the way of most of us <laughs> that, um, you know, we, we think we've got to be the people that train everybody else. And yet if you if you bring on experts in a particular area and say, I don't need to know about that, but here's our here's our values. So you're the expert in assembling the team and making sure that there's a cultural fit, building the culture of the organization, but the actual tasks themselves um, have experts for those. Absolutely. So I coach people on the the, the, the sort of framework or mindset of Goodman Lantern, not their subject matter. So if they're SEO hmm. specialists, what they do. If they're design specialists, what they do. In those areas, I may not have any ideas or thoughts because I'm not from that space, but in that, in that scenario, I like to be the dumbest person in the in the Zoom call. Mm. And I'm like, this is great. I mean, you know what you're doing. You're telling me what to do. And that's awesome. That's what I want, want to see from my team members. Mm. Great. Wonderful advice. All right. Now, you mentioned a few resources earlier. Do you have a favorite resource you use most often? In, in terms of like tools or, or team Tools or, yeah, it could be team members. It could be just people in general. Uh, well, I, I think the one thing I'm currently using quite a lot is like, um, a, 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 a one node, like Evernote tool. I, I do, I mean, the thing I'm doing at the moment, doing every day is journaling. I'm journaling every day at the moment. I still don't understand mm -hmm. the real value of journaling, to be honest with you, but I'm seeing patterns in my, in my gratitude, which I do in my journaling as well as my pain points. And I can identify what is causing grief or happiness in my life. And that can help me better my, 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 my next day, my next week, my next month, because I can work on those points and actually be a better, better boss, better, better father, better husband, um, better person. Hmm. Mm, it's fascinating. I, I'm kind of playing with journaling, but I'm I'm a bit like you. I haven't quite figured out how to do it well or how I sort of take the maximum value from it. So do you have some prompts or something that, that get you started? Writing, so writing down your daily kind of journal? Yeah, so I've been told there are multiple styles of journaling. I do bullet point style. So I do bullet point and I highlight the feeling in every bullet point. So if I feel happy, I, I, I highlight happy. If I feel mm -hmm. sad, I, 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 I highlight sad. If it's a gratitude, I put gratitude there. Plus what I do is I have a calendar reminder. So at every day at about 8.30 a.m. UK time, I get a ping on my phone and my desktop saying, Raj, journaling, one minute, please. Go and do it. That keeps me, yeah. obviously, you know, and if I don't do it, it just keeps staying there on my desktop and my phone really annoying me so i, I have to... <laughs> yeah love it yeah okay so focus on the feelings that so you yeah so you can report on this is what happened but here's how it made me feel hmm. absolutely absolutely yeah. great all right now you've described quite a bit around the next question so i might i might ask it in a different way what's the best way to keep a client on track Well, I, I believe clients and suppliers choose each other. Many times suppliers will just go for any client. 
And I'm of the opinion that, you know, we should choose our clients. If our clients are not in line with our thinking, they shouldn't be with us. They should go and find somebody else. So mm. we we actually we actually um, find so, uh, clients who match our profile. And if they don't understand or don't believe in our way of working, we just say, you know, we have another supplier which might be better than us potentially. And here, yeah. here we go. And I think that way of working keeps the relationship really honest. We we mm. we we don't, you know, there's some clients who came in who were very difficult. You know, we give them the opportunity to like understand our procedures, uh, our way of working. Uh, equally, the other clients who, who don't want to understand things, they want to do things their way, and like that's fine. But maybe we know suppliers for you. So we choose our clients, and we the ones we we love. We go out of our way, like literally out of our way, uh, to make make sure they're happy. They, you know, they all of them have my WhatsApp numbers. They all of them have my email accounts. I, I personally onboard them for every uh, time they kind of join the com- company, for example, because this is the way I want to be treated when I go to a, to my supplier. Uh, the love, the passion for what they do, and and honesty. You know, we're transparent about how we work and. You know, if there's a problem, we tell them. And if, if there's a problem there from there, and then let us know as well. So it's it's a it's a you know plain field, equal plain plain field to work together as as, as a supplier and clients. Mm. Yeah, I love it, and and highlights how important it is that model that um, you know you you really clearly define who your dream customer is. And I'm reminded of of a quote by Seth Godin in his book. Um, this is marketing, and he says, "Find the smallest eye." Find the smallest audience you can live with and obsess over them and delight them, and amazing things will happen. Yeah, I was it minimal. Uh, I can't remember minimal something customer. I can't. Yeah, I I read this quote as well. I actually heard him speak recently in one of these virtual conferences, and he was talking about this okay, book and, yeah. and and this minimal. I can't remember what it is now. I'll probably find out yeah. later on and drop you a message, Jurgen. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Um, and what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Uh, be honest, be yourself. Everything, everybody else is taken. Be yourself. Mm. Have your personality. You know, you don't need to be, you don't need to be Seth Gordon. You don't need to be Raj. You don't <laughs> need to be Steve Jobs. You need to be yourself is what I, I believe in. I think if, if your personalities are, you like to crack jokes in, in, in in a meeting, um, obviously do it respectfully, but just be yourself. Like the day I became, I started to appreciate and admire what I bring and what I don't bring to the table. That's the day I started growing in business and on my personal development. So I, I, I admire people who are honest about how who they are and they know their challenges and their opportunities and what we do simply is to bring in people to compliment you. Where you have a, a weakness, you bring people in who can who can who can fulfill that role for you, and you shine where you believe is your your spot, your gold mine. What you bring to the table. Hmm. Yeah, I love it, and it's like it highlights to me the importance of that self awareness, which you know I think the journaling can help with that. That's certainly one way to do it, but. Um, you know, it is also that attitude of um, bringing on board people smarter than you in in particular areas, and be, so you know, if you're being yourself, you can be quite happy with. Well, I'm I'm not good at this thing, so I'll get somebody else to come in who's an expert in that area, and and be quite comfortable with that. Absolutely. Wonderful, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Raj. This has been absolutely fabulous. Now, where can people find out more about you and about Goodman Lantern and maybe even reach out and get in touch to say thanks for what you've shared? Of course. Well, uh, if, you, if, you, uh, if you go to LinkedIn and look for Raj Goodman Anand, um, you know, just find me, connect with me, drop me a message. I'd love to hear from, from people. So please do get in touch. And if you Google Goodman Lantern, hopefully this should be the first link you find on, uh, on, on Google. <laughs> and uh, yeah. If you if you want to drop us a message, please, please do so. We also offer a free trial as well if you want to, want to have, have a check of what we offer. So absolutely keen to hear from people. 
certainly keen to hear from people on LinkedIn. You know, that, that's the spot I usually hang out. Uh, so yeah, please, please do to find me and connect. Okay, great. And we'll include those links in the show notes as well. So make it easy for people. All right. Now, do you have some parting advice for our listener today, Raj? Uh, well, uh, there's one thing which I've been thinking about quite a bit recently, which is about this whole freelancing and employment thing. And I have this kind of concept currently working on. It's called called the free employment, where you bring in freelancers who you bring on, say, full time or part time, who have employee mentality. And free employment is the idea that in the future, majority of people are going to be freelancing, to be honest. And instead of saying that we need only employees to work in the company, actually it's okay to bring in freelancers who want to work on different interesting projects, but have a very, very, very defined niche they can really help you out in. So my thinking is that today, companies can be formed not only of employees who are in your own location, but also freelancers who are across the world can come to your company and have the same employee partner or company owner mindset. And I think we should, you know, we should all embrace that and to grow into the future in these difficult times, actually hire more freelancers and make them part of a company, give them the right incentive and make sure that we all drive in the same direction to success. Mm, that's a fascinating concept. And it, it certainly opens up some ideas in my mind. I mean, for example, um, when you're first starting out and you might not have enough work for full-time people and bringing on freelancers in in a capacity, part-time capacity, however much work there is, but with the philosophy that it's employment. Um, and and if you do it well, if you do it as you've described earlier with that whole culture and development and really caring about the people, then then it could well be that you'll become the favorite client of that freelancer. And, and if you've got more work, they'll ditch their other clients if you can fill fill up their um, their time. Indeed, I think, I, think, I think people should feel valued for what they do and should have the right incentive to stay with the company. I think money is, is good to be provided as incentive, but the real incentive is satisfaction and being mm. valued. And I think we should think about that for freelancers as we think about our employees as well. Mm. Great. Love it. Okay. And finally, Raj, who else should I get on this show and why? Uh, well, um, one thing which I might recommend is to call, uh, my wife, uh, who is like, who, her name is Sue and she is, she wrote a book on her experience with cancer and how she cured herself, uh, through, um, you know, a positive mindset and healthy living. I think today as business owners, we forget about the opportunity to, uh, grow uh, our, our lives and have a healthy work-life balance. I think having, you know, sued, you know, she wrote a book about this and is, is growing rapidly on, on Amazon, for example. Her, her ideas are around, you know, eating healthy, living healthy is really interesting. So, yeah, definitely Sue Gimire, uh, that's her name. Uh, maybe you, you might want to invite her. Okay, great. Well, we'll get an introduction to Sue from you and... Uh... Ask her if um, she'd like to join us on the show as well. We'll look forward to exploring that whole um, environment, that whole topic in some more detail. Fantastic. Great. Well, thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights so generously today, Raj. I've really enjoyed this. I've written down lots of notes and got lots of ideas and thought starters for me to um, help with my journaling as well. So I could probably go and journal a few ideas now. Um, I yeah, I've really enjoyed it. So all the best for the future and let's stay in touch. Absolutely, Jurgen. I really enjoyed the, the conversation today and thanks for having me today. I really, really appreciate it. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that insightful and really valuable conversation with Raj and took something away from what he shared today. There were so many value bombs in this conversation about building a strong team that apply, of course, whether that team is remote or not. Perhaps the standout message for me was that the core role of the business owner is not the 
core expertise of what the business does, but it's to train the team in culture and that each team is their own expert in their area. I'd love to know what you took away from Raj's episode. Leave a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Raj Goodman. That is R-A-J-G-O-O-D-M-A-N. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Raj Goodman. You'll also find contact information for getting in touch with Raj there, as well as links to the Goodman Lantern website, his social media pages, and the other resources we spoke about today in our conversation. Now, if you liked and got value from this episode, please share it with a couple of other people that it might help. Tag me in on that share, and I'll reach out to you with a special thank you. Raj suggested that we have a conversation with Sue Gamiri on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So, Sue, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast, courtesy of Raj Goodman Anand. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast, where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up, including Casey Berman of Leave Law Behind and Eric Seropian of This Is My South Bay. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.